Welcome to the RPG Design Panelcast, a podcast presenting the very best recorded panels and seminars related to game design and publishing. This podcast has been made possible thanks to the kind contributions of the panel speakers and Metatopia 2018. Episode 239, Honing Your Game Pitch. Presented by Jim McClure, Kenneth Height, and Kat Tobin. Have a little more leeway. Exactly. Yep. Uh, Bill's presentation. Nope, we're just going to sit here and talk. Do you use the microphone? Wonderful, which means repeat the questions. (laughs) Okay, it is being recorded. Yep, okay. Okay, wonderful. Well, hello and welcome, everyone. Uh, It it is the the first day of Metatopia, and at least I'm up here bubbly with excitement and happy that you all joined us uh, here today for our little panel on honing a pitch. Uh, We might as well go ahead and go through and introduce the panelists here, starting on my far right. I'm Kenneth. (coughs) My panel's my thing's not on. Look at that. Hello? Yeah. I'm Kenneth Height. I'm a uh, tabletop role-playing game designer. Uh, Trail of Cthulhu, Knights, Black Agents, Vampire the Masquerade. You may have heard of some of these. Um, and uh, I have been pitching primarily to publishers and to customers at conventions. Those are my two prime pitch targets. Um, my name is Kat Tobin, and I'm the managing director and co-owner of Pelgrane Press. So we're a tabletop role-playing game publisher. So I'm um, very used to people pitching things to me. Um, and also used to pitching things to customers at conventions as well. And my name is Jim McClure. I'm the owner of Third Act Publishing. We're a small press RPG uh, publishing company, uh, as well as a a lead designer for Roll20. I am used to uh, sort of the the whole gambit of things from pitching my games to other publishers, as well as being a publisher and having games pitched to me. Um, So we're here to talk about, essentially, this is our topic, which is honing your pitch. Uh, For those that read the description, you know you were encouraged to bring your own pitch and that we are specifically going to hear it and give feedback on it. We do have a couple questions sort of before we get started, first being by raise of hand, who here has a pitch to present to the, the panel? Okay, so we have five, perfect. Um, the other thing I want to ask is uh, there is, as we've talked about, there's a couple different places that you can pitch to, and um, for those that are uh, everyone in attendance, what we wanted to know is, uh, again, by raise of hands, who is in this to learn how to pitch to like an individual customer to sell them on your book? Who was thinking that this was a class was for that? And who was thinking this was a class for pitching your game to a publisher for them to buy the game and then them produce it? Okay, uh, much heavier on the second, a little bit of both. Uh, so we're gonna kind of tailor our information uh, within those regards. Um, do we wanna talk general about pitches or do we just wanna get someone up here and bring them and start talking? Um, do we have general thoughts, Kat? Um, I, mean, I have some thoughts. Sure. Okay. Um, on pitches, but without kind of again without knowing what people are are, are kind of thinking. Um, I mean, honing your pitch is um, simplicity and clarity are, are the two key things that I would say. Know exactly what your game is about. Know what its unique selling point is. Know what it is that makes your game different from every other game out there. Um, that's kind of the key thing really like if you're doing a d20 fantasy game be able to explain exactly what makes it different to other d20 fantasy games out there 
yeah, general thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. Just, just to, to tack on that, I mean, one, one of the interesting things, you know, we, we the reality is we all live here in, in 2018. And in 2018, the, the RPG consumer is a very uh, intelligent, market-aware consumer, okay? Most people that are going to buy your game, no one in this room, as far as I'm aware, is producing Dungeons & Dragons. So most people that are going to buy your game... Mike Merles, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> already have dozens, if not hundreds, of RPGs that they own. Uh, so exactly as Kat said, you know, one of the big things that you need to be doing with your pitch and that it needs to do is to convince me why am I going to buy your game and what is it going to give me that the other 200 games on my shelf do not already give me. And that is one of the most important things to get across on your pitch and something to be thinking about. Again, it's no longer the 90s. There's no longer only however many dozen RPGs in the world. There are thousands and there are thousands being produced every year. Why am I interested in your game? That's the, to me anyway, the number one thing to think about on it. And then I would just add to the other two uh, uh, panelists the notion of concision. Mm -hmm. Your pitch has to be fast. It's why it's called an elevator pitch. It's the amount of time you have if you get into an elevator and you look over there and that's Mike Ovitz in the elevator with you and you have until Mike Ovitz realizes he's trapped in an elevator with someone who wants to pitch him to do the pitch. <laughs> and that's 90 seconds tops. So if your pitch has to begin with you explaining the whole backstory of your world for five minutes, your pitch is already wrong. Um, so with that in mind, yeah, let's. Uh, who's got a pitch? Bring someone up, and what we'll do is we'll, we'll hear from your pitch, and then we're going to kind of give active and specific feedback. One of the other things I'd like you to say, because there is some difference of uh, thoughts in the room, is uh, just tell us what you're specifically planning on pitching to. As in, is this a pitch to a publisher to sell them on, on your game? Is this a pitch to an audience to like, hey, you're someone who walked up to my booth in a convention, and you're interested in buying my product. So just inform us, so that way we can help you. And I think, was this our first hand? Come on up front, we'll have you speak into the mic because it is being recorded. All right. Then um, just so you guys know, I don't do RPGs, I do board games. Fair so, enough. The, the, um, the central concept remains the same. It, it actually is, is even worse. Um, so I'll be pitching a card game. Um, so assume that you're a publisher that will be selling card games. Okay. Um, hi there. I, I have a game called Minor and Major Investments. Can you bring the microphone a little closer oh, yeah. just make sure everyone can hear you? Um, minor and Major Investments. It's a game of 54 cards, um, 150 chips. It's a, a game of uh, sorting and mechanic building your hand. So, most games, you play cards, you do things. That's how most games work. This, you play cards, you do things. It's like every other game. But, the difference is, you have a handful of cards. At the start of every run, you have all your cards in your hand, no randomness at all. You play a card, you do your thing, then you sort your hand. That means you make piles of your hand based on the card you play, Pick up one, that's your new hand. That's a game. Okay. Thank you so much. And you can go and sit down and we will we will kind of give feedback so you don't have to, to stand up here. Um, who wants to open up on that? I will. Ken, go for it. I have no idea what your game is about. Thank Me you. Me neither. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean to... Well, I mean, it's not fine because now I'm not going to buy or play it. I mean, and honestly, what did you tell us on, on your game? You, you told us you have a card game or the game is about playing cards. Do we know anything more than that? And, and again, we are going to be wonderfully honest here today, uh, but this is hopefully constructive. You know, I, what, what I saw from, from, from your pitch, which was, uh, you know, I, I'm going to say wonderful and fine on, on the second stage of the pitch, which is once you already have me hooked and interested, okay, now tell me what the size of your game is and, and some of the, the factoids about it. Um, but 
I, I, I see this a lot. I, I know I've seen it myself personally, which is as a designer, you are constantly working on mechanics and what do I have to do to produce this game and all of these things. And that's what's in the forefront of your mind. But I'm not bought into your thing yet. I don't care how many cards. I don't care how many chips. I don't care that you've obviously thought about the mechanics of how you're changing your hand around. How am I having fun? What am I playing and how am I having fun? That is the first and foremost thing I need to know before I care about mechanics, before I even care that you have cards in your game. Those are the things I need to know. Yeah, and I think adding to that as well, um, the the setting of your game, like even, even a card game needs a theme, right? And with so many, it's a very, very competitive market with so many different card games out there, your theme is going to be the first thing that customers and publishers see. So, you know, you want to say, this is a game about cats catching mice, right? And I'm representing the cats and the mice with these decks of cards. Or whatever it is, the theme of your game is, what is the, the grabby concept that's going to make me go, oh yeah, I like cats, and I like cats chasing mice, that sounds like fun. So the kind of the, I, I would say, present your, your, your theme or your concept first, right? Say, this is a game about not this is a game with this many, as mm -hmm. Jim said, mm -hmm. not with this many cards and these are the mechanics. It's like, what is the flavor of your game? Why, why is it fun for me? Why do I want to play it? Yeah. <clears throat> and the notion of, you know, you're, you're doing a deck builder, but you have a, uh, a non-random opener. That's an interesting thing. That's a good hook. Mm -hmm. But it, it's the second thing that people need to yeah. hear, not the first thing. And in fact, the first thing we heard was how many cards and how many chips, which right. no one ever needs to hear. Yep. I mean, the I mean, publisher it should be on the box at some point. Yeah. But, want to know, but that is but yeah, that's, that's not that's, a pitch. That's three yeah. conversations yeah. down the road. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, just out of curiosity, what is the theme of the game? I still feel like I don't have an answer to that. Yeah. yeah. What What is your game about? There we are. There we go. Yeah. If that was the first thing you said to me, you would have had my complete undying attention mm -hmm. because I'm the kind of nerd that loves that stuff. Yeah. Like, I, I, I personally... It's a choir, but a card game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, honestly, I don't know, know how much wide appeal that it has, but you would have sold Jim McClure if you went, I have a card game about selling stocks and bonds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm interested with that sentence. I have a game that has 54 cards. Okay, so does my, 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 my deck of bicycle cards at home. I'm not interested. Do we, do we see the difference there in the connection there? Start with the thing that's going to get me interested in what you're doing. Um, and, and, I, and I will add, um, like I just uh, did there, if you can do the sort of very cliche Hollywood, uh, you know, it's Predator, but in a kindergarten or whatever, then um, uh, you can... Use that for your pitch. So, mm -hmm. acquire but a card game. Well, it's a good pitch to old people like me. It may not be a good pitch to anyone under the age of forty. <laughs> but if you can put your game in the in the uh, concept of other games, other ideally popular games mm -hmm. that the uh, pitchy already knows, then you have hooks for them. So you can say it's diplomacy, but with meeples or whatever. And now I'm like, okay, I, I don't get it, but I'm interested. Yeah. <laughs> And interested is what you want. Get it is yeah. way down the line. Right. I was just going to add as well, and, and I think this might be more of a personal opinion, so um, I'm interested to hear what you guys think, but I, I am not particularly keen on hearing numbers straight off yeah. in a pitch. I don't know that there's a place for it in, in the first kind of intro of the pitch, yeah. <coughs> um, I think, again, the, the size of the deck and things can come later, but flavor and the setting and the theme and 
again, comparisons to other games, they're the, the first things that you should be talking about. Okay, who's got, a, who's got another uh, sacrificial target for us? <laughs> I think you were yep, first. Right here, Richard. Right Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, to, to start with on that pitch, uh, you know, that is uh, it, it, to me. I think that pitch had all of the necessary information that I want in in that snippet. You know, uh, you, you, you've given me an idea of what the mechanics of the game are. You've given me an idea of, of theme and setting, and you've given me an idea of of sort of I'm gonna say play style, as in two to four players. Um, you know, that has the things that we need. The, the thing to me personally on that it's lacking is is I, I didn't find the punch, which is what we sort of talked about at the beginning of why, you know, and obviously you're in the board game category, I, I have a closet that's literally overflowing with board games. What is that game giving me that I'm not getting from one of those? And that's the one thing to me I didn't hear in that pitch. Ken, did you have thoughts on that? Look like you're chomping at the bit over there. I mean, the, the thing that sounded like your unique selling point, your thing, is the bit with drawing lines on the map. That that seems like the thing that isn't in every other game. And so if you can, uh, first of all, your theme was still like the third or fourth sentence right. along. So I at least had already checked out. Um, and so if you begin, I mean, you said to rule the stars. I believe was the name of the game. Yeah. So I was like, oh, we're going to rule some stars. That's cool. And then we instantly go into dice drafting and uh, drawing lines on a map. And I'm like, well, all right, I guess that was the theme. And then you came back around and said, and also you're explaining your galactic empire. I'm like, well, now. So uh, I don't think that roller coaster is really the way to go. Uh, I think you open by selling the idea, I think, like, like we've talked about, of what's the fun activity that you're playing at? And then you talk about the fun that you're having at the table with the mechanic. It, to me, but but your line drawing is is a pretty unique uh, play uh, mechanic hook. So I, w I won't say never put that up in the front sentence, but maybe reweight that front sentence so that you've got theme established, and then you hit them with play hook, mm -hmm. and then you can go into the rest of it. But yeah, like like uh, Jim said, it did it did sound like all of the things that needed to be in the pitch are there, and maybe a little of it's just emphasis and moving it around. Yeah, I, I thought that was a really strong pitch as well. It's Again, I was like, oh, stars. Yes, that's cool. I like stars. Um, and the drawing lines and, and curves on a central map with rulers, again, that's a very different kind of thing. So I'm like, oh, that sounds exciting. Kind of, but again, yeah, marrying those two together a bit more and kind of saying this is how, and you did do it, but you did it kind of halfway through. Um, kind of saying this is, how, this is how the mechanics reflect what we're trying to do in the game. This is how I'm using the mechanics to create the fun. I like drawing lines and stuff on the on this piece of paper, and I think marrying that to the theme, getting that kind of front loaded at the start, yeah. But really good um, on the saying how long it takes and how many players as well. That's a useful thing to to tell people. Yeah, that's that's very useful both for uh, customers and for publishers yeah. because the publisher will be thinking about categories. Mm -hmm. Like we already have 
a bunch of uh, games that play in two hours and are for the two-person space. Oh, this is a multiplayer and it takes less time. That's interesting to me. Or if you're pitching someone at a, at a show or just in a store and you say, um, uh, th that's, that's information that the person walking through needs to know. And they will at least be able to look at the cover of your awesome game and say, holy crap, look at these stars. They're exploding and there's a war and it's galactic and there's spaceships. So if you have a cover, obviously, if you're pitching at a convention, some of the, some of the uh, theme weight that we've been talking about can be handled by the art, which doesn't mean you shouldn't be still prepared to say, what are we pretending? What, what are we having fun with in this game? And, and just to, to open up and follow up on kind of what Ken said and going back into, into the first pitch, and I was trying to see if I could read your name tag from here, and I couldn't. Brian. Brian. Um, you know, I, I, I think what, what, Brian, you were kind of trying to do in the first pitch was, was similar to this when you, you came forward with saying, you know, there's 54 cards and then a certain number of chips and all of that, is, is you're trying to give the publisher a sense of scale of and playability of, of the project, um, which, as, as Ken kind of said, is a good thing in a small dose to have in the pitch, but what you need it to is the relevant information. And most commonly, it's going to be what I call play style. Number of players, how long does this game play in? Those are the most important factors to us. You know, if it's in the RPG world, which, which a lot of us here on the panel are, you know, is, it, is this game that plays in a one-shot? Is this designed for a year-long campaign? You know, again, is this a one-on-one -on -one role-playing game? You know, for the board games especially, you know, one of the big things is, is this a party game? Is this a game we play in 15-minute increments? Is this a game we sit down and play for six hours? That is relevant information, and having that in a little, small, tiny dose can work, but those are the facts that you want to get across with it. Yeah, I think that in the board game space particularly, um, a lot of board game publishers that I know are, are very, they want to know, they want to be able to conceptualize what your game will look like in a box. Like, is it going to be a box mm -hmm. like this size? Is it going to be a little card deck? So it's, it is useful information to have, but again, put it at the end. Mm -hmm. You know, Once you've grabbed them, once they're like, oh yeah, okay, cool, right. Then you, you can kind of get into that. And if we published it, this is the shape and form mm -hmm. it would take. Um, kind of end of things, but that should come at the end after after the fun stuff. Any other thoughts on that second pitch? I think maybe we're ready for a third pitch. Yeah. Third pitch. Bring Who's ready? Uh, we'll go right back here. Bouncy. It's fun. Hey, how's it going? My name is David. I'm going to be pitching to publishers. So, UFO A Go Go is a party card game where you're trying to throw the biggest party in the galaxy. So each party host is going to be trying to get as many aliens at their party uh, to basically have a big bash. And aliens have rules associated with them. There are silly rules that the party host that has that alien at the party is going to have to follow. Now, you're trying to follow your own rules while also trying to catch other people on slipping up their rules. So it's, it's a game of remembering it as well as trying to catch other people on this stuff. OK. Thank you so much. What was your name again? David, thank you. First of all, UFO Go Go is a great title. It's a fantastic <laughs> title. Yeah. It, it is super grabby because it, it immediately invokes. It, it's a party game feel. Like yeah, that yeah. I, universe across the board. That's yes, fantastic. And overall, I think that was a strong pitch. You yeah. know, it, it, it gave us. Yeah, you seem like you were jumping on that. So. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was a really, really strong pitch as well. I got a really good sense of fun from it. I was like, yeah, I want to play that game. That sounds like fun. Um, one thing that I did kind of pick up on, and again, it might be a personal preference, was you used the word silly rules. Yeah. And Thank I you. might not, I would maybe replace that with it. It's kind of a bit demeaning to your game mm -hmm. to kind of describe your own internal rules as silly. And I, I, I know what you mean, like they're kind of made up kind of, 
my question there is, in the past I've said rules, and yeah. people immediately think serious stuff that they have to do, they're like, mm -hmm. oh, that's no fun, I have to follow the rules, so mm -hmm. maybe just something that Yeah. I, I mean, my, my take on that is you, you did a very good job. I believe it was your, your second sentence. You told us it was a party game. You know, the name told us it was a party game, yeah. and then you told us it was a party game. And then it's a game about parties. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when suddenly you tell me their rules, I'm like, yes, it's, it's a game that was in party yeah. game. Uh, and I'm entirely conceptualizing what these rules in my mind could be because you have reinforced via, via theme and your pitch and laying it out correctly that this is a party game, which means we're not going to be sitting down and, you know, drawing out battle maps and yeah. having minis. I certainly hope we're not with, with, with the game you presented us. Um, so to me personally, I don't think saying rules in there would be a concern. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you might say conditions, if what you're talking about is the thing that the aliens have to do as long as they're at your party, so you can't. I don't know if we're talking, that, this was a question that I had in my mind, but I don't know if this is an example of the pitch being good or the pitch being bad, so I'm going to throw it out. I couldn't tell if it was like uh, Flux where you have to have these sort of conditions at the table that you, the player, are doing, or if there's a thing where it's like, well, I've invited silicon aliens, so I can't have cobalt aliens, right? Closer to flux. Closer to flux. Uh, don't be ashamed about saying, so like flux, the, uh, the, it's, it's a game about constantly changing uh, rules or conditions, or fun conditions, or something like that, mm -hmm. because that will, again, everyone has played and loves flux, so they yeah. will be able to, to latch onto that thing. Um, you don't. You're not going to put flux on the on the cop on the box. Uh, don't worry about that. But this is a pitch. You know, there's no TM hanging in the air. To uh, just to kind of add to to what Ken said and give my perspective thereof. Um, you know, because I I did have the exact same question in my mind, which was I based on what you told me, I did not really know other than it being a party game what kind of mechanical structure was behind that. Uh, but I will tell you from my personal perspective on this, I think that was perfectly fine. Uh, now, again, the, the point that Ken said about uh, you know comparing it to Flux, if it is a similar game to that, absolutely drop that in there. But you did enough to get me interested, and the next question I was going to ask you is, explain to me how your game plays. Mm -hmm. And to me, that is a good question to get a publisher <coughs> to ask you back, because it means I am interested now in what you are doing. You've given me enough details, and I'm like, okay, this, this sounds cool, the concepting is good, you sound like you know what your product is supposed to be, I'm interested, I want to know more details and again in, in my mind if you're leaving with the publisher you know I should say leaving but if you're getting the publisher to ask that next question your pitch has done exactly what it's supposed to do Um, yeah, I felt like out of the three pitches, that was the one that I could visualize the game the, the best. I had the best idea of exactly what that game would look like. Um, so I think, yeah, very, very strong pitch. Um, really good. And, and definitely it left us with more kind of questions, but good questions. Yeah. Kind of a, oh, yeah, tell me about this and tell me about this kind of And again, I think that idea. goes to a general point is that you, you, the, pitch, the job of the pitch is not to answer all the questions. Mm -hmm. The job of the pitch is to get the person to ask more questions. More questions. Yep. Yeah, but a, not like, what are you talking about, you crazy person questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the old car salesman tactic, right? Yeah. Continually ask questions, and the answer is yes. Um, wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, who else had a pitch? Uh, let's see. I think you in the red shirt right here was last time first up. You and literally believe everyone out there is wearing a red shirt, don't What's you? That? Absolutely. <laughs> You're telling me that's not red? That's that's it's like maroon. Like wine or, or something. Or scarlet. Yeah. Okay. In terms of color. Uh, my name is Brandon, and uh, I'm an intern at PG. 
Thank God. <laughs> Best bitch so far. Yeah. Solid. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, RPG is a role-playing game that features deck-building and creative engine, and each player has their own personalized deck of cards made from the standard deck of all cards. Did I, did I miss the title of the game? Card PG. It's card. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. okay. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. That, that that's 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 it, this being the first thing in the morning for me. That's not about the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah same. Um, I'm drinking my first coffee still. Um, I I I'm I'm confused again. This might be the the morning and the only being through my first coffee. I am confused about what your game's about. Like I get that it's it's cards and an RPG, but again, what what am I playing? Who am I? What what is what does my character do? In in an RPG, like <laughs> we're all like, yay, we get to talk about an RPG. Um, but the first question I want answered in any RPG pitch is, what do the characters do in the game? What what is the the thing that the characters are going to spend the most of their time in that game doing? Like, where is the fun? Yeah, just to um, I. I as a publisher and someone who gets pitch games, uh, I, I play a fun little game within my own mind, uh, especially in, in the RPG world, which is I just assume the game is about my little pony until I'm told otherwise. <laughs> and at the time that's that you sat back down, strong. we are still playing My Little Pony. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and that would be fun. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> Pinkie Pie best But if, if, sure. if the notion is you're pitching a generic game system, which it sort of sounded like that might be, um, yeah. uh, you can't do that. Uh, no one will buy it. Uh, what you pitch is the, ga the, the game concept that you have that is strongest and coolest mm -hmm. and works best with your card RPG engine. Mm -hmm. And so, whatever that happens to be, let's say that you've decided that you have this cool idea about wingmen who battle in cloud cities. And so, you're like, uh, this is wingman, and it uses the card RPG engine, or the card PG engine, and now it's like, oh, okay. Um, and you say, I'm, we're winged soldiers and we battle in cloud cities, and here's how the mechanics work. But until we've heard something about what our characters are doing, our wheels are spinning, or we're off with the My Little Ponies, one or the other, and that's not conducive. Uh, and, and just as a general, this is a market note, I mean, uh, pitching a generic RPG is not going to ever work to anyone. Um, so you need to pitch the experience that you can have with one iteration of it or one example of it. And then the next time when you're like, this is um, uh, a game about um, uh, ghoul war and exploring and you're uh, bold uh, necro, uh, uh, necro salvagers and you go into ghoul warrens and it uses the beloved card PG engine from Wingman and everyone's like, oh, that's cool. And, and that's how you, you build your product line uh, as a designer out that way as opposed to saying I'm pitching you a generic thing that you can do anything with everyone's response is I have 50 generic things I can do everything with or someone else will say have you tried fate and then the conversation devolves um, just to, to add uh, a little bit and this I mean could be a, a panel into uh, of itself the uh, generic RPGs and, and how to to market and sell them uh, as Ken said it is a I mean it's an uphill challenge. I mean, you, you've pretty much heard it in the, in the last 30 minutes sitting here. What's the first thing we want to hear in every single pitch? What is the theme? And for most people who are making trying to make a truly generic RPG, the answer is we don't have a theme. You can play whatever you want. And the problem is, again, as, as we, we opened up at the beginning of this, I have 200 RPGs sitting on my bookshelf, and each one of those does a thing. 
I need, if you're going to be 201, I need to know what your thing is. Now, I'm not going to tell you to not make a generic role-playing game. I am going to tell you the marketing is going to be hard for it for exactly these reasons, and you need to understand uh, within your, your own self as well as projecting outward in a pitch to a publisher or to someone that you're selling to uh, what your game does that other games don't do. Now, I will say this. If your question is specifically about generic RPGs, grab me at the bar after because it's not exactly this topic. It was more, what if you have, what if it's the opposite? What if you're doing the world setting that can go to an RPG? Well, then if you're pitching that... Like Dark Sun, Ebron... If, if you're pitching that to a publisher, then you're pitching it to their RPG engine that they already have. Right. Yeah. So if you're pitching to Cat, mm -hmm. you're saying, this is my idea for a gumshoe game. Mm -hmm. And it takes place in a mystical far future, blah, 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 whatever. Right, right, exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I, again, if, if you want more details, grab me at the bar tonight and we can have a much longer conversation about generic RPGs and sort of the industry because that is its own wonderful thing. But the hard challenge you have to overcome is exactly what we talked about. Why do I care about your game when it doesn't have a strong theme to hook me and Fate's already sitting there, uh, Savage Worlds is already sitting there, your GURPS is already sitting there, you know, depending on what flavor that you want. What does your game give me those things don't give me? And that's what you need to answer in that pitch. Also, and this is not usually the problem with pitches, your pitch was real short. Uh, and that's good. I mean, short is good. Shorter yes. is always better. But that one was so short that even though I was actually still a little interested just because I'm a game designer uh, and should not be taken as anything else, uh, by the mechanical description, I felt like we cut that off even a little early. But maybe once you've talked about the theme for your thing, then you wouldn't have more time. And then that would turn it into a great pitch because now I want to talk about your mechanics. Mm -hmm. But um, a, a solely mechanical pitch like that doesn't give enough information for me to latch on to. Mm -hmm. But uh, it shouldn't have been solely mechanical. This is like some sort of weird theory of criticism. Criticism. I just got, <laughs> <laughs> got done the whole of. Let's, let's, let's do someone else. Okay. <laughs> Who is up next? Uh, we'll go right here in the front. And uh, there's a lot more hands now than there was yeah. at the beginning of the yeah. class, yeah. so I'm not guaranteed we'll get to everyone, but we'll touch it. So, yeah, you in the red shirt here. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you did that on purpose. Caught me off guard. Okay. Um, my name is Outland, a tactical tile lane war game, no dice. Um, people are standing out across the field to reach their opponent, outplank them, and round their army. Uh, turns are variable, so you get to choose how you're going to not just expand out, but draw new tactical plans. And you can also change the cards that you're playing, modifying them with mercenaries or rushing into the field and uh, leaving some soldiers behind. Thanks. Thanks, Thomas. Appreciate it. Um, you know, over, overall, that, that gave us the theme and everything. One of the things that you did, and, and one of the earlier pitches uh, did this, and I, I didn't point it out at the time, um, and I'll see what the other panelists think about this. I don't like in a pitch hearing what's not in your game. Um, yeah. That doesn't help me. It, it, unless there's some natural, logical conclusion I would jump to that you need to correct in my mind, telling me that, that your game doesn't have a thing, or it's not XYZ, or I, again, from the RPG publishing world, it, 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 it's D&D, but I fixed grappling, you know? Um, that, that, that doesn't do a lot for me. Tell me what your game is far more than what it was. And that was just a small piece of your pitch, but I, I did want to point that out before I forget it. Do you have any different take on that? or? No, I, I would absolutely agree with that. Um, it's 
you know, your game is not an infinite number of things. There's an infinite number of things your game is not, so definitely focusing on what it is, what is in there. Um, I thought that was a really strong pitch. It's, it's not my kind of thing, but I was like, oh, okay, I see how that could be interesting. You know, that could be fun. And I think when you can pitch it to someone whose thing it is not, and it still comes across as a good game, then I think that's a good pitch. Um, I, I thought that your, again, your connection of the mechanics and the setting and how they interacted with each other was, was really strong. You know, I liked the idea of like, I had it in my head that you would lay cards around, like physically around to kind of flank people. And I liked that. It really represented the theme quite strongly. So yeah, I thought, I thought it was a good pitch. Um, but but as, as Jim said, uh, you know, focus on what is in there, not what's not. <coughs> um, I like the idea of a combat simulator with cards as tiles and mm -hmm. cards as cards. I think that's cool. Um, I and the title is good. Outflank is a strong title. Uh, uh, my question might be that if it is an abstract combat game, you maybe want to say the word abstract. And if you're planning it to be a representation of the Battle of Chancellorsville, you say this is outflank Chancellorsville, and you're presenting a, a, a historical conflict, whatever it is. And then there, you, people could say, okay, yeah, you're going to go on, we're going to have outflank Cannae, and we're going to have outflank um, uh, 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 Granicus, and we're going to have outflank a million different battles. And, and you, we will get that. But, uh, I, but that's an informational thing, but the, the answers to that information is going to change what, how people respond. So just have that information in there. I think you can also tighten up a little bit, mm -hmm. because it seemed like you were sort of going over the ground a couple of times, which is not terrible, but you can probably make those two sentences stronger if they're the same sentence, and you just say, we use um, uh, cards as tiles, and you can uh, change your card, your handout, and do these things. That's a stronger sentence than cards as tiles, interjecting sentence, third sentence, right? So uh, really, the, I mean, the problem there is it was a, it was a longer, Pitch and it was uh, not organized as tightly. I mean, these think of these as like telegrams, where you're paying a dollar a word to send it to some jamoke in 1890. <laughs> and so you have to sort of like, every word has got to carry some of the burden in this pitch and, and build that sentence so that it's declarative. I guess, as uh, Jim was saying, it tells us what your game is, not necessarily what it isn't. I mean, the fact, this is a war game with no counters is useful information that's that's part of what playstyle is but it's um uh, but it's good to have the notion of the positivity this is a word game with cards as tiles less th than there are no counters or there are no whatever and and yeah i i think yeah you know overall you know i i thought it was a strong pitch uh you know as ken said it, it needs some tightening up but you know you're at a panel in front of 50 people it can mm -hmm. be a little nervous and yeah. no one's reading off of, of a piece of paper so it, it's fully understandable um one of the things i i would like to see in that oh, you page, should never read off a piece of paper <laughs> yeah. you should never if, read if, off a piece if of you paper, cannot never. memorize a 60 second pitch right. you have no business writing a game <laughs> ken height hot takes um <laughs> So the uh, the one thing that I would like to say, because it is a, a you know a war game, um, 
one of the things we talked about this earlier, I would like to know how many players in time frame of play up front in a war game. Because that can be a solidly two-person game that lasts 20 minutes. That can be a nine-plus-person game that takes me an entire weekend, and it's Axis and Allies, and it lives as part of my house. Um, I, I need Axis to... and Allies doesn't take a weekend. What's that? Fake game fan. <laughs> <laughs> you do it right, it takes like six months. You do it right, you've played it twice, you're done. <laughs> but that, that removes all of the inter-party bickering that takes a oh. month at a time to do a turn, Ken. That's the fun part of the game. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, that, that would be the only thing that I would say to, to, to add to it, and then, as Ken said, to, to tighten up a little bit so that we've got a good idea on that. Uh, let's go ahead, because I know there's a lot of other hands still that want to do it. Uh, I'm going to try and go in order that I've seen pop up, which is you here in the, in the black hoodie in the aisle row. Yeah, it's a little. Yeah, it, it's, it's all crazy. It's a bit feedback. Hi, uh, my name is Wendon. Uh, my game is called uh, Path of Good Intent. And it's a game about achieving your goals in life while balancing how many people you piss off along the way. Um, it's basically Mario Kart meets Magic the Gathering, where you're building your own racetrack and you're using abilities uh, while managing karma as a resource for those abilities. That was like eighty-five percent of a great pitch. Right. Yeah. No. Exactly. Exactly. That was that was so strong. I I liked everything about it. Every sentence had a, a, a hook or a tag at the end where it's like I see where this is going. He <gasps> went to new, better place. Uh, that was really strong. Uh, we did not ever technically hear the words card game out of your mouth at the beginning. Yeah. And, and that's what I was going to say. I, I go, when, when you honestly hit the end of the pitch, I go, was this an RPG, a board game, a card yeah. game, a party game? I assume and, by subject matter, not a party game. But, yeah. Um, you know, could be. You could yeah, be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I agreed so much with what Ken just said on that. Like, mm -hmm. everything was very solid all the way through. And then we hit the end, and I was going, like, I'm an RPG publisher. Is this a game I can publish or not? And I did not know that answer. Yeah. I mean, you, you used magic as your example, which made me assume it was a card game. So, right, it's a, yeah, the card game where the cards build the board, basically. So, um, yeah, I, I would just put the word card game somewhere in the front of that, and mm -hmm. that is a, a, a rock yeah. solid pitch. Magic meets Mario Kart did something to my brain in a good way because I literally went, I'm like, that's a card game and a video game. Yeah. I'm like, no, yes. And again, all yeah. in a positive way, it got me very engaged with what you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, I think once you once you upfront the card game bit, because because yeah. like that, I kind of went. So, is this a card game or a video game or neither or yeah, it's it, it's a great kind of. It's a great way to describe it once people already know what it is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But otherwise, you're just like, what? Okay. And because that was so solid, and I know there's at least three more hands, and we have uh, probably realistically 15 minutes before we need to be out of here. Let's move on, and we'll go right up here, and then we'll get you next. Love your red shirt. Thank you. Um, yeah. It does it. There's well, I was just because my title is, I, we have a working one there because it's got. Everything's on the podcast. What are you talking about? Okay. Well, so I'll go with just the base name then. Anybody's more ready for those. My name, uh, Badass Santa, is a Xmas delivery racer game where you are competing against each other players to deliver to houses, raid the fridge, and become as fat as Santa. This then helps you can go the naughty way or the nice way to then the first one fully 
give themselves up to Santa's size, then takes his place as he's retiring. You have to be careful because if not away too long, the real Santa could show up, and then you could be out of the game. I actually really like that. I, 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 Jim McClure would not buy your game. Uh, as, as a consumer, in the, I don't like the title Fat Ass Santa. That's a personal preference. I wouldn't necessarily say that's directly advice. Um, it's, run, it's running in the thing as Santa Showdown. Okay. Um, it is very evocative and very descriptive, though, of the game. And that's why I'd say get, get some more feedback on that. We'll see what the other panels have to say about that name. The rest of the pitch I thought was pretty solid, though. It, it gave me a good idea. Uh, I think that was a pitch that did mechanical description in the right way. You gave, you didn't run me down and tell me like, okay, here's all the boring things you do in the game. Here is the choice you're presented in the game that has outcome, and I can visualize that. And I really thought that was a, a good way to do mechanical description in a pitch. Um, a thing that I would say is that if you're looking, if your theme is something like, um, I would, I would also agree about. I think it limits you if you have mm -hmm. swear words in your title, right? Yeah, you know, you're you're selling into into particular markets, and uh, as a publisher, you're kind of looking at things that can trip up the product in the market, and that's certainly a thing that can trip it up. But you know, also it's a design decision, it's a branding decision to be made. Um, yeah, um, with with kind of themes and settings like that, if if there's any sort of chance that it could be a game for children. Like if it sounds like it might be child theme, I would like to know up front whether it is for adults or for children. I presume with, again, Fala Santa, probably it's gonna be more for adults, but is it reskinnable as a game for children? Is it just not in any way intended to be? I have a, another version where it's gonna be Halloween theme that your children trying to take the candy can come real close. Yeah. So, so I think, yeah, again, when, when you've got a set or when you've got a theme like that that could possibly be, be child related I, I think it would be good to kind of um, say up front this is a game for, for grown ups or just kind of your title will do that if you do go down that route but it's good to specify it um, it sounded fun also I maybe missed whether it was a card game, board game uh, uh, role playing uh, game delivery game oh, yeah. it's, it's, um, mm -hmm. it's pick up and delivery so it's for the, the, the yeah. pitch was a delivery racing game, right? Is that yes. what, what, what you said? Okay. Um, which to me was very invocative. Okay, there's going to be a board. There's going to be a bunch of stuff lying around the table, and I'm going to move it around. Like to to me, that that hit anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that if you're pitching to a board game publisher, that was enough. If you're yeah, pitching to exactly. a multi publisher, mm -hmm. maybe adding the word board somewhere yeah. in the description is not a terrible. Or plan. again, or, or consumers or say, as well. And you can even show. say something like moving around the board. Yeah. And then exactly. you don't even have to say board game. Once you've used the word board in your pitch, mm -hmm. people say, "Oh right, obviously it's a board game. Mm -hmm. I'm a dummy." Moving around the board, delivering to house. Exactly, something like that. Yeah. Um, I liked I liked the description of gameplay. I liked the description, like Jim said, of the you know, two tracks to, to victory. Um, that was uh, a little bit of a, of a mechanical combined with theme, which I think is the best kind of presentation. Mm -hmm. um, I personally think that the title Fat Ass Santa is a good title because it exactly sells your game. Now that's both good and bad because maybe you want people to accidentally buy the game and think it's not mean, but um, uh, I liked it because it was what your game was. Mm -hmm. So uh, with the caveat that as Kat is saying, you're selling into Markets where a lot of people are very concerned about what kids buy, but I think that Fat Ass Santa is a better title for the game you described, if that helps. Mm -hmm. That's actually not 
to your pitch per se, yeah. but uh, we talked about it up here. Um, I had the first iteration where it was just one S, so like fat as Santa, Santa, right? Yeah, right. right yeah. Santa, mm -hmm. But then some of the humor stuff, it is. Yeah. So um, think of what it's like. It's the Santa Claus meets what? Sorry. Yeah. The Santa so the Claus meets Munchkin. Yeah, nah. Well, the, don't don't say meets Munchkin if if, if it's a board game. Also, don't say meets Munchkin. Um, so the uh, so yeah, I mean, I, like I say, I think I think you did theme and mechanics, and you intertwined them well in in that pitch. That's the strongest part of your pitch mm -hmm. to me, other than the fact that it's just a funny concept, and you can imagine having fun playing that. Okay, uh, back here in the aisle, we're gonna get uh, oh, straight to the back, right? Yes, you, sir. Did you not have one? In the red shirt. In the red shirt, right. yes. Yeah. You. Uh, I'm Stephen, and uh, Ninja U is an RPG about college life meeting the world of espionage and COVID operations. Uh, Starting as a freshman at the world's most prestigious espionage school, trying to balance academics, life, um, various rivalries with other schools in the business uh, and trying not to get plunked out or die too long. Was the title Ninja School? Ninja U. Ninja, Ninja U. U. Okay. Ninja right. U. Right. Yeah. right. Thank you. I loved that. I thought that was fantastic. I know exactly what the game's about and I totally want to play it. It's really, really grabby, really evocative. Um, also, from a marketing perspective, I'm going, oh, we can, we can tap into that Harry Potter kind yeah. of you know, people love university kind of um, yeah, playing in that kind of setting and stuff. So really strong kind of marketable concept, um, really well explained theme. Um, you did a really great kind of combination of using real world things that people were familiar with, but also then um, talking about how you're making that different in your setting. Um, yeah, I really like that. I thought that was a really strong pitch. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a lot else to add on that. You know, I, you, you probably saw it visually in me when, when you, you hit me with, you know, Hogwarts meets James Bond, and I was like, well, I should have said those words, but that's fine. Um, but other than that, I mean, my, my brain was immediately going like, I'm, I immediately put myself in that <coughs> game and started making a character. Yeah. Um, I probably didn't listen to the last half of your pitch because I was making a character, which is the best possible Same. thing you can yeah. do. Like, you know, you, you, you hit me with the thing that hooked me, mm -hmm. and then I was like, okay, he's, he's talking. Okay, I'm sure this is all great and all that, but I'm like, I immediately want to do a spy run on the rival school. That's yeah. where you transported me to your world, which is the best thing you could do. I think it was a very, very solid pitch. Yeah. Uh, if, if, if this is a pitch for uh, the publisher, yes, it is perfect. It is ideal, you're done. Um, if it is a pitch at a convention to a player, you are going to need to say something about the system and say it at the very tail end because you've already sold them. Uh, but you say it's die 100, it's die 20, it's... It's a diceless system. Diceless, okay. Sure. Yeah. I, I, would, I would never use it if you're pitching a publisher. Because the publisher might say, great, this is ideal, this is just what we need for Gumshoe or whatever it is that they publish. And then you're like, but it's nice. Oh, no, what I mean was, yes, thank you. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but if you're, if you're pitching it at a convention or to a customer, an end-use customer, you are going to want to say a little bit about the, about the system. Because customers have uh, very strong preferences in that, in that mm -hmm. field. 
certainly at a show, uh, maybe less so other places, but at a, at a show they're going to want to know, is this an, a game engine I have to teach myself or is it something I basically already know? Okay. And I think we've got time to probably get two more, so we're going to get you in the back, and then, uh, sorry, we'll have to get to you. Uh, you grab me at the bar after, and we'll do it, but you right behind. Okay, all right, he, he's passed his, so we'll, we'll do you, and then you, and then uh, we'll have to conclude us for today. Hi, my name is Carol Craddock. Our game, Lemons to Lemonade, is a fast-moving team card game where people have fun and get better at coming up with as many possible good things that can result from a bad thing, lemons to lemonade, in one minute. The kids' version will be used in schools and social-emotional learning classrooms. The adult and family version is a party game. Spontaneous applause from the audience. That's how good that pitch was. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I really like the pitch. Uh, I, I thought it was, it was very solid. The title is, is immaculate. Um, you know, I, I, that's great. Um, I'll, be, I'll be curious to, to see what my other publisher thinks on this. Um, the one thing, I'm gonna, there's two things that, that I would give you feedback on. Uh, one being that uh, you, you mentioned that the, the game is designed to uh, provide fun or whatever words that you use. Um, that doesn't need to be in a pitch. Yeah. Every game here okay. is designed to, to be fun uh, to, to some degree. <laughs> um, you know, you, you don't need to tell me your game is supposed to be fun. Uh, you know, unless, I mean, you maybe tell me your game's not supposed to be fun if that's the angle that you're working. But outside of that, you don't need to tell me that. Um, the other thing that, that worries me, and again, personally as a publisher, I, I very much want to hear, hear Kat's opinion on this too, is when you've told me out the gate you want to do two different versions of this game, um, you know, my mind as a publisher is like, okay, that, that's a thought. We're going to get your first one out and see what the sales figures are before we're ever going to talk about a second or an expansion. Um, so it, it's always more perhaps a personal thing than anything is when I hear someone go, I have these ideas for all these expansions and these separate games and all of that, that can be a little bit of a red flag to me going, I want to know what the product is. We're going to sell and market the product. And then if it does well, we're going to look at what other avenues that we can go to. And again, I very much open to hear what Kat has to say on that as yeah, well. Yeah, um, I, I would agree. Like I, I picked up on the same thing that Jim said, where you said, you know, the players have fun. And it's like that is assumed from, from any game. Um, also, I would be quite nervous about a game that is set up to go down two different directions. Even if just, it's the same game, just two different sets yeah, of cards. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's two games. It, it, that's two it, different From a publisher standpoint, it's two yeah. separate games. Or, or an expansion, however you want to, to, to put that. But mm -hmm. in our minds, it is a separate product that has to have a project manager put it together and do a print run and all of that. So in, in our minds, it might as well be two separate games. Mm -hmm. Um, something else that I would I would say is like I thought that it was a really good pitch. It was really grabby. I really like the sound of the game. It sounds it sounds really fun. I would I would pick one of those and and it might be that if you're pitching it to a publisher, you you pick one depending on what that publisher's preference is. Yeah. So if they publish adult party games, then you can be like this isn't a party game for adults. Whereas if they're more on the educational game side of things, then you could pitch them the children's game. But pick one of them and only pick and only pitch that one, depending on who the publisher is. I think. Thank you so much. And again, the, the spontaneous applause speaks for itself. Yeah. You know, as far as, as the quality mm -hmm. of it. We have time for the one last one if we make it quick did, here. Did you want to say something about that? Oh, Ken? I'm sorry, Ken. 
I was just going to say that um, I, not being the publisher in the room, um, I liked the notion that you can go two different ways with the with the game set, and the way to put it might be uh, to say, it, uh, you know, the the uh, it, this is uh, intended as an adult party game or something. This is an adult party game, but obviously with different decks, you could reach other markets such as yeah. right, and then then that goes. Right. Mm -hmm. then, then that goes uh, from, I have to make two games to, oh, mm -hmm. I could make two, I could sell this a lot of places. Mm -hmm. And that's just a better hook for a publisher than I have to do this twice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank right. you so yeah. much. Thank you. Thank you. This one right here. So, my name is Tracy So th this is this is a little bit of a, a different pitch. Um, not only just because it's going towards the customers, a lot of what we're doing as publishers here, um, but the other thing is is you are pitching a setting for an existing game uh, to someone. Uh, so you know, really, what and it, it's not, I guess, that different. But the end of the day is you have to get me as a buyer to go, okay, I have Savage Worlds setting. I, I like sci-fi. Now you have to convince me to play your sci-fi setting. And and with this, you know, again, we, we do the same thing as we talked about earlier, which is what am I going to do as a player in your thing? And, and one of the questions, which I'm, I'm going to say is a question I would have wanted answered in the pitch, is when you talked about, I equated my mind to an astral projection type thing that they could do. Do I get to do that as a player, or am I fighting something that's doing that? And I don't know that answer and I want to know that answer I would have liked to have that answer in the pitch yeah I had the same exact question was are we playing the AIs or are we playing guys who fly around in spaceships and the AIs give them faster than light communication right mm -hmm. because if you've got some sort of I mean, if, if the goal is well this just explains why there's FTL communication uh, then you didn't need to go into all that mm -hmm. uh, if it's oh you're playing uh, after projecting AIs that's a hook because no other game lets you do that right so yeah, sort of nail that down in the pitch is, is my, my big feedback. The other thing is that there's at least one too many sentences in your pitch. Uh, people are going to be walking away from the booth uh, halfway through it. Yeah, um, I, I thought it could definitely be uh, tightened up a lot. Um, and I think practice is, is what does that. Just, you know, writing it down initially and then practicing it over and over again. And, you know, when you do big shows and you do end up speaking to customers about it a lot, that will come naturally and you will kind of hone it down and find what works um, when exposed to an audience. You just don't um, want to lose the first day of sales because that was when you were honing your pitch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, I, I think with this sci-fi setting, you do have to do that bit more explaining of, of what it is and and 
I thought that you did that well, and it sounded like a really interesting system. Again, like Ken, I wasn't quite sure what I would be playing. Um, and another thing that I like to know as well in role-playing games is if it's not immediately obvious, um, what what type of people the characters are, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, <coughs> are we are we kind of regular people? Are we like super spy people? Do we can we have these connections to the um, to the the drift and to these other people? You know, what powers can I get? What tech can I get? Kind of who what are my relationships with the other characters going to be like that that kind of detail is is nice to have in it but it's already quite a long pitch necessarily because you're explaining a different setting so it's hard to know how much of that to put in i think and and just to a to, to second what, what both ken and kat said uh but one of the other things i would would say just which is very specific to you you are doing sci-fi rpgs uh is I need to know, and, and a, a, a buying audience needs to know whether you are doing hard sci-fi or whether you're doing sci-fi fantasy, because these are very different genres, and you are going to have very different buyers, uh, and one will be very unhappy typically if they get the other, so I would just clarify that. Uh, we are out of time, so thank you all so much for joining us. Thank you all for coming up and standing in front of everyone doing your pitches. I want to thank Ken and Kat for, for joining me up here on the stage and, and going through everything with you. So thank you all so much for coming. Thank you. Thank you. And again, any of you all who has a pitch who didn't get it, grab me at the bar tonight, yeah. and I would be happy to listen to I, it and I give you feedback. I think that's true for the three of us. We're always happy to I did one of the last questions I throw on is, because he said you get various powers, and then he gave an example of one. What happens? Like, don't bother the example? Don't bother. Nope. So, so, sell me on what, what your game is, is doing. Mm -hmm. uh, the specifics I don't care about until I'm reading a document. Mm -hmm. My take, anyway. Actually, I'm just staying here. Oh, you got the next one up? Yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah, I'm just, <laughs> I just... I live here now. This is, this is where I... Thank you for jumping on the panel with us. Oh, sure, no problem. Yeah. Great, thank you for letting me jump in. Oh. I'm going to move seats so it doesn't feel like yeah, I'm actually here. Yeah, I think there's seats here right now, I think. There's, what, me... Me, yeah, we need four seats up here, don't we? I'll get, I'll get one. Still warm in here, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit toasty.